I know many of us, we're waiting for that phone call. We, we've done the deal. We, you know, we've, we've done the applications and, and we're looking for jobs. Then on the other hand, there are some that, that will say, and, and we do say this, that I prayed and God's going to give me that job that I'm looking for, but we never do our part. In other words, we're not faithful in the little things that we're supposed to do so that we can have that extraordinary result. We're actually kicking off a new series, Simple Acts, Extraordinary Results, and that's God at His best. God does simple things that reap extraordinary results. Think of Him sending His Son, Jesus Christ. It's, it looks simple in the beginning that, that a baby has been brought into this world, but look at the end result. That there is a God who loves us that much that He sent His one and only Son so that we could have eternal life with Him. That's the extraordinary result that we have. Some years ago, we had um, uh, some people in our church that uh, had some friends who were hearing impaired, and they said, you know, we're, we, um, we want to know if, if you guys have somebody who can do signing uh, for us uh, in the service. And we didn't, but there were some people that were faithful in the little, and so now God is blessing us with more, and Laurie is here signing for us in our service. Oh, is this Sh- Sherry? Sally. That's Lori. You guys have two people. Sandy. This is Sandy. Thank you, Sandy. And um, you guys do switch out because it tends to get overwhelming with the muscles. And Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. And we just want to say thank you for your obedience for being here. Well, thank you. Gina, you were here also. For a while. So thank, you know, God is so faithful in what he does. And I think when we can come to God and say, Lord, you are, you are always faithful. It, it gives us a better picture of the possibilities of what God is able to do. Now this week we're celebrating uh, Thanksgiving and we're getting prepared for it. And, and we know that this is a time that we are remembering how grateful we should be to God. For the things that He gives to us and for the things that we have. And don't let that season just pass by. You know, be in the season of thankfulness all the time. Because when we're thankful, even in the little things, then it's like God is saying, I have no problem with blessing you with more. Why? Because you've been faithful with the few. And that's the principles of God. He's the one that's able to do that. There's this one girl who was nine years old. And she had a, a heart to help others. In fact, she kind of tagged along with her mom to one of these meetings that they were going to do a missions trip to Haiti. Uh, when the earthquake happened, uh, they wanted to take a group of people. Well, this nine-year-old girl tagged along with her mom to the meeting, and and just before her mom started to think, oh, I wonder if she's even understanding what we're doing and what's happening. Her daughter stands up on this chair and, and as, as tall as she could stand on this chair, she said, you know, I'm going to go to Haiti and I want to build 12 homes for those who are homeless because of the earthquake. Now that's a nine-year-old. Now what would you do as a parent? You know, some parents would say, well, let's do that then. Let's, let's see what we can do. Some parents would say, are you kidding me? You know how difficult that would be. I mean, yes, we can try, but uh, don't get your hopes up. You know, many things can be said. Many things can be thought about for somebody to make a commitment like that. I mean, where do you go with that kind of commitment? 
How do you respond to that? Do you use that principle? Okay, if you're faithful in the little, then you'll be faithful in much. Where do we go from there? See, commitment is a big part of being faithful with little. Now, this week, yes, it's Thanksgiving, and poor turkeys, they they have to be committed. They have no other choice than to be committed. But that's a part of being faithful in the little, when we're committed. You have your bulletins, and in your bulletins, uh, there's some notes in there that you can take out and, and follow along. And there's some scripture there that will help us to understand the principle behind what God is saying. Because His principles are proven true. It's accurate, and it makes sense. Anytime we go against God's principles, then that's when life becomes difficult, shaky, unsure, insecure. But when we're along with the principles of God, it's solid and sure. Because God is faithful in everything He is and in everything that He does. He is faithful. Now that principle, we've actually learned that even before we picked up the Bible of being faithful with the little. Watch come Thanksgiving with the kids. If they're piling on their plates, usually we say, Hey, hey, don't take all of that. Just take a little bit. Then when you finish that, you can come back for more. We teach that biblical principle with food, with our children. Now as adults, some of us, we just pack it on and then we force ourselves to finish it. We're like full halfway. But because we've grown up with that principle, don't waste, we finish it off. And then we can't move after, we're tired, we fall asleep, and we call it the Kanak attack. You cannot, you know, you cannot, you can't move after that. You know what the principle was? I remember when we were growing up, my mom would say, if I was not finishing my food, she would say, finish your food because there's kids starving in Africa, India. I was like, what do you mean? There's kids starving in Waimanalo, where I stay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not. But we, we grew up with that. You know, we grew up with the principle of, of, of making sure we're faithful with the little that God provides for us. Now, what about spiritually? How does that affect our lives spiritually? Because it must be more than just a principle that, that we live and and, and breathe and, and try to work out. There must have more meaning to being faithful with the little. There must be more than that. It can't just be about stewardship or, or taking care of things. It must be more than that. It must be deeper. Here's how the Bible puts it in Luke 16, 10 through 12. And it says, If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be entrusted with things of your own? You see, this principle helps us with everyday life. And there's going to be three areas that we're going to look at in our lives that we will need to be faithful in, in order for us to have extraordinary results. And the first thing is for us to be faithful in our actions. Be faithful with our actions. 
Now, why our actions? Why should we be faithful with our actions? Can we just live life and then do whatever takes place that happens and that's fine and then we learn from it? Well, you can either learn from wisdom or learn from consequences. Wisdom gives us a lesson before we slam our face into the pavement. Consequences says slam your face into the pavement first, then learn it hurts. So we can either learn from wisdom or consequences. And, and God says, no, you're going to learn in this kind of way. In Matthew 25, 29, He says, for, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. See, it has to do with the actions of our life, our lives and the things that we do. Being faithful with our actions. And what the Bible is saying in the Scripture is, when you improve what is committed to you, then you shall receive more or receive the rewards from God. But the opposite is true. If we're unfaithful with things and unfaithful with the little things that God brings our way, then that can actually be lost. We can lose that in the process of what we're doing. Some time ago, my uh, Heidi and I would we'd spend lunch together and uh, things like that. And then in ministry, they got very busy. And I remember one day I came home from lunch, uh, for lunch and, and I, I came in the house and I said, Heidi, you know, I, I only have a little bit of time, so I'm just going to eat and then I'm going to head back up to the church. And she said, so we're not going to sit down and have lunch? And I said, well, I got to go back up. And she said, well... Are we going to spend time together? I said, yeah, we have 50 minutes. We can eat and talk a little bit, but i got to go back up. She goes, but you said you were going to have an hour. And so we went back and forth, back and forth. And after a while, I said, you know, i got to go already. And, and you know, we're arguing. And, and so I left. And then the next day, you know, it would be, you know, 15 minutes. And I'll say, you know, i I got I to gotta go back up. And sometimes it wouldn't be. I'd say, you know, I'm too busy. I can't come home. And then even spending time together. Uh, just being with each other, going out on date nights, that was none. And after a while, we came to the conclusion that, boy, we're, we're just not spending time with each other. Then I remember the Lord saying, no, you are spending time with each other. You're just not faithful with the few minutes you have together. All you're doing is grumbling about not having time with each other. I've given you a solid 15 minutes can talk story and, and have lunch together. And, and I thought, well, let's try that then. So Heidi and I said, okay, so when the little time we have together, let's just use that time wisely and be faithful with that. And you know, God showed himself faithful. Because we're faithful with just a few minutes that we could spend together, now as we, we've gotten to grow up and our kids are grown up, we have a lot more time together. But that would never have happened if we only grumbled in those 15 minutes. Because in those 15 minutes, and if all you do is grumble and grumble and grumble, you're not going to want to spend time together. But that's God's proven principle. You be faithful with the few, I'll make you faithful in much more. Same thing with business. If you have customers and you have a few customers and you're saying, oh boy, I wish we had more customers, but you're not faithful treating the customers you have now well, you're not going to have any more. In fact, the Bible says it'll be taken away from you. 
If you're treating customers bad, and, and let's just say you have a handful of customers and you treat them bad, they're never going to come back again. In fact, they'll spread the word out and say, don't go there, you don't want to go there. This is bad customer service. But if you're faithful, then more good news will go out than bad news, and more people will be at your business or your company. That's God's proven principle. That's the rewards that He talks about. It's not about finances. It's not about you know, getting more possessions. It's about God's principles of He's going to reward us in how He sees fit. Because He knows what's best for us. That's where our actions come in. That's why He says, be faithful. Just be faithful in the few things. Be faithful in your actions. I can give you a wonderful life. That's the extraordinary results. I can give you a wonderful marriage. I can bless your finances, God says. I can bless your business. I can bless you in your, your grades in school, but you got to be faithful in the little. You have to do your part. Make sure you're doing your homework, you're studying, you're taking notes, you're not copying your friends, you're not cheating on tests, but you're doing your job well in school. When you go to college, make sure you're studying during the week or throughout the whole entire semester. So when the exam comes, you're not cramming it in the night before and you get like two hours of sleep and ten cups of coffee and some monster drink. you you, you got to be faithful on your part, God is saying. I'll do my part because I am faithful. But you got to be faithful with the few and the actions that you have. The actions that I give to you, the, the things that I, I've put in front of you, you gotta, you got to do your part. See, our actions, our actions are, going, are going to make or break us when it comes to being faithful in the few things. It's what we do from that point on. Even in our relationships. Sometimes in our relationships, we, we actually put this principle in our mind instead of this one, which is uh, Luke 6.31. The Bible says, do unto others as you would like them to do to you. We actually do the opposite sometimes. We, we tend to do to others what they have done to us. God is saying, no, that's not the principle. The principle is, you do unto others as you would like them do unto you. And so we walk around with that principle, but then we kind of twist it a little bit. And then we say, yeah, but I can kind of do this because I'm not harming anybody. In your marriage, you can say, well, I can still look, just no touch. You know, we use that principle. That's not biblical. In fact, that's the same lie the devil used with Eve in the garden. He said, no, 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 you can take a look at the tree. Just check out the tree. Just check it out. Yeah, just don't touch the tree. Just don't, just don't, don't, don't touch it. But you can look, just no touch. And Eve took in that principle and she said, Hey, yeah, I can check out the tree. That's a nice looking tree. That's a good looking tree. But then we know what happened. Once she considered that, then she disobeyed God. You see, God's principles are proven. But when we do the opposite, we don't reap extraordinary results. We reap mediocre results at best. God says, no, it's your actions. Be faithful with your actions. Remember Heidi and I, we would, we would get into fights and, and then I would think to myself, you know what, I'm going to treat her like how she treats me. And so I would try and test that. It doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Because if, if, if I'm doing my own principle, and I'm saying, you know, I'm going to go against God. I'm going to try my own way. It just does not work that way. It doesn't work out for the best. 
And I thought, Lord, you really concentrate on our actions, don't you? You're looking at our faithfulness with our actions, that, w- that we can be better, but it's, it's going to be on our part too. And our actions with the people that surround us, with our children. Sometimes we say to our kids, and, and I've, I've, I've watched, I've, I've been in the youth ministry and served there for about 12 years, and, and here's something that I've learned. Sometimes as parents, we'll, we'll see our kids grow up, and then they'll come to an age where they give us, like, attitude. Now, I'm not saying this to condemn, okay, or, or, or for kids to say, See, okay, this is, this is just what I've observed. Our kids learn our attitude for all those years. And then when they come of age to act it out, they're usually acting out what I've been doing for years. And then we think, well, all of a sudden they're acting out. And it's not all of a sudden. It takes about nine to ten years for them to catch that. Because in the beginning, we have that, that uh, authoritative uh, fear in them. And I know some of you, your kids are 18, they still fear you and you like that. But we, we tend to do that. And, and at that age, they're, they're saying, oh, I, I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't respond like how I want to. But then as they continue to grow up, then they start to respond how they've been taught through our actions. And maybe some is other things and, and things like that. And it's not always us. But then I wonder, how important are our actions towards the people that surround us? What are we teaching others through our actions? As a boss, what are we saying to our employees that that we're doing and that we're saying with our actions? What are we saying? Are we communicating the love of God to people? What about our coworkers? With our actions, are we showing God's love? Come this season, I mean this is this shopping bags right here is like minimal. Come this season. That's just gifts for me, I hope. Think about it. Come this season, oh, it's, it's crunch time. This is when we're busier. This is when we're uh, more uh, in, we're impatient. This is when miscommunication happens. I mean, it, this is crunch time. But if I'm, not, if I'm not aware of what's happening around me and, and, and I'm not aware of my actions, boy, it's, it's going to run me dry. And Jesus said, no, you do unto others as you would like them do unto, to do unto you. Not the opposite. Because we tend to treat others how they treat us. And that's not the biblical principle. Even with our health. Sometimes we'll go to the doctor and the doctor says, Okay, here's where you are. A, B, C, D. And you're thinking, what? How can that be? He said, well, you've been smoking for 50 years. You've been drinking for 90. And you've been doing these other, you know, eating habits that are not good for you. So this is where you are in life. He said, oh man, I've got to change some things. What do I have to do? Well, you have to reverse that. You have to quit all these things and eat salad all day. <laughs> and we're thinking, well, how did I come to this place? Over time, being unfaithful with my health causes me to deteriorate in the future. Now, you might be at that place right now, or maybe you're, you're growing into that and you're learning about taking better care of your health. And maybe, or maybe you're at that point. And, and, and here's the good news. From this point on, from this point on, be faithful with the rest of your life that God has blessed you with. Just be faithful with it. Do your very best to turn things around. 
Enjoy the rest of your life. Don't look back and say, boy, I messed it up. I'm not going to be able to be as healthy as I wanted to be. Oh, boy, I messed this up. Stop. Get back to God and His good principles. If you're faithful in the few, you will be faithful in much more. You still have a chance to turn things around, to make things better. Why? Because He is good. He is faithful. He's the one that helps us with our actions. He's always faithful. Number two, and you can write this in. Be faithful with my thoughts. Be faithful with my thoughts. Now, why our thoughts? Why is it that we have to be faithful with our thinking or our thoughts? Well, most of the times, our actions will follow our thoughts. What we're constantly thinking about, our actions will follow. That's why we get into trouble a lot. We think, and then we act out what we've been thinking. Think about it. When someone says something offended, uh, offensive to us, we'll say, ah, I don't think so. It's, it's automatic in our minds that we think in that way. And we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get upset. Maybe we'll retaliate. But that's before we met Christ, Right? It should be, because now that we know Christ, our thinking should change. Our thoughts should change. We should be faithful in the way we think. You see, Jesus has given us a way to think well and to be faithful with our thoughts. Now, we can't understand everything about God, but what we do understand is that He's given us the abilities through His Spirit to be faithful in the way we think. Look at how Corinthians puts it. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord that He will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You see, we no longer are, 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 are able to just think without God. We now have the ability to think like how God would think. How Christ would think. We now have the ability, the capacity to be faithful with our thoughts. And you might think, well, I can't. I can't just shut it off. When something comes up, I, I just keep thinking about it. I can't. It's the scenarios just keep coming up, and I, I can't stop the way I think. It's just the way I'm wired. That's not the way you and I are wired. Part of that is true, but we're wired in such a way that we're able to gather our thoughts and to be faithful in the way we think. We can think well. God created us to think well. If we're faithful in our thought life, then tell me God wouldn't bless us with extraordinary results. Think more like Jesus. See, be, being faithful with my thoughts tells Jesus that He's worthy of what even others will never know I'm working on. That's what, that's what we're telling Jesus. When I'm faithful with my thoughts, I'm telling Jesus, He's worthy of even what others will never know I'm working on. Because it's all happening in here. And we're faithful with our thoughts so that we please Him. So how does that, how does that help us knowing how, how God created us and how does it help us in the thought process and, and, and how we're wired up? Well, here's some questions we've got to ask ourselves. And I'm going to talk a little bit about our brain, okay? How God wired us up. And I think this will help us a little bit. And, and 
Here, here's, a, here's a question we have to ask ourselves. Now, I know we probably might poke fun at this, but that's okay. The question we have to ask ourselves in how we're wired up is, how many brain cells do we have as a human being? How many neurons do we have in our brain? Also, how fast can a neuron fire? How fast can it transmit information? And then how many other cells does it connect to? How many other neurons does it connect to? Now, just to help us, I'm not a mathematician, but I'm very good at reading my notes. We have 100 billion cells or neurons in our brain. 100 billion. Don't look at your spouse. <laughs> You're like, 100 billion? More like 100. But that's how much the human brain has, 100 billion. Each neuron fires once every 5 milliseconds or 200 times per second. That's how quickly the neurons are firing. And then it's connected to over 1,000 other neurons. So once you get information, once that neuron fires, 1,000 other neurons get that information. Now let's equate that. 100 billion neurons times 200 firings per second times 1,000 other neurons equals 20 million billion Firings per second. That's how fast our brain works. Even if you're half that and your brain doesn't fire as fast as it should be, that's still good. And so I might fit in that category. I still have hope. Think about it. God created us that way. He created us to think that quickly in a millisecond. And, and that's with conscious decisions. We can make two major conscious decisions per second. That's aside from all the other uh, subconscious activities that our brain is working on with, our ex uh, with the environment that we're in and the world around us. Isn't that amazing? God made us that way. Now, why would He make our minds like that? Why didn't He just program us to when something comes in and we just, it goes, it, we can just. It just happens, and we're like robots. Why, why couldn't you just do it like that, and, and then we just obey? Well, then we would not be able to love God, because love is a choice. So what does that equate to? How does that work in our life to be faithful with our thoughts? Well, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, it says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. Now listen very carefully. It's not our power. It's really not our ability it's through God's power and His Spirit that we're able to destroy that which takes a hold of our lives. And He's saying, if you're faithful with your thoughts, 
Just be faithful in the little things. If you need to obey me in just the little things, be faithful in that. Be faithful with who I created you to be. Be faithful with how you treat one another. Be faithful with your thoughts. And and he says, any argument or anything that sets itself up against God can be demolished. How? By taking captive every thought to make it obedient obedient to Christ. And here's what is captivating. That word that says take captive, it's actually taken from a Greek word that the root meaning is to cause to cease. Now this is what's very interesting. In other words, with God's help and being faithful with our thoughts, with His divine power, listen very carefully, we have the ability to when our thoughts are going astray, we have the ability for these neurons, when we take captive those thoughts, to cease fire. You might think, well, I don't have that ability. When, when things just happen, it just happens. No, you do have the ability. God created you that way. Okay, I'm going to do a little test real quick. Since if, if some of you are still a little skeptical, women, when you go shopping, tell me if this is not true. You can look at a pair of earrings and in a millisecond see your whole outfit, if it's going to match or not. And it's in a millisecond. You could just like pass by earrings. Oh, earrings. Nope, not going to match. Your whole closet full you have in your mind. Nope, it's not going to match my scarf, my shoes, my jacket. Might go with that jacket, but the buttons, colors is all. You can do that in a millisecond. God gave you that ability. Men don't laugh. We're the same. You could look at a car. And you can dream of all the things that you can, you can go fast, you can, you can do whatever you want. You can look at a fishing hook if you're a fisherman. And you can see the rod, the reel, you can see your car. I've got to buy a bigger car, a bigger truck. I've got to get a bigger boat. I've got to get a bigger trailer now. Oh, I've got to get a bigger garage. Like in a millisecond, it happens that fast. God wired us up that way. Why? So that we could be faithful with our thought life. That's why He caused us, he, he, he created us that way so that when we cease fire, it causes us to be faithful in just what He's asked us to do. And when we're faithful in the little, boy, extraordinary results. That's the God that we serve. And the last thing, this will help us a lot, is to be faithful with my possessions. To be faithful with my possessions. What God has blessed me with. He's given it to us. We, we really don't own anything. We may sign a deed. We may sign the, the papers for it. But we really don't own anything. It's really on loan from God. Because when we go to the grave, we can't take it with us. We really can't. But we're stewards over what God gives to us. He says, I'm going to give you this possession for this life. Be faithful with it. Now, let's face it. We live in a materialistic world. But it's... We're not materialistic because there's more things out there. We may think, oh boy, man, they must have had it easy back in the day when, you know, they could just build boats out of trees and, and, and wood and, and things like that. They didn't have electronic gadgets. They didn't have, uh, you know, the, the vast variety of fashion that we have today. They don't have technology like we, we have today. They didn't have all that, so we struggle more today. Mm-mm. You know where it comes from? The human heart. See, the human heart has the desire to always want to acquire more. We always will have that desire to want more. Unless 
unless we're faithful with what God has already given to us in this way. That we're more concerned about our relationship with God than our relationship with things. And he's saying, if you're faithful in, in the few, I can make you faithful in much because you're not, you're not taking for granted what I've blessed you with. I'm your source. And you realize that. And he says, I have no problem with blessing you. God wants to bless us. That's his heart. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What that means is God is steadfast. He's sure. He doesn't, he doesn't change or is shifting in his ways. That sounds more like us. We're shifting in our ways. But every good gift comes from God. It's Him. He is the one. And when I'm unfaithful with my possessions and I don't steward what I have wisely, in reality, I'm unfaithful not with my possessions, but I'm unfaithful with God's. And we, we tend to believe that, well, it's, nothing's going to happen. I mean, God blessed me with it, so whatever, I can, you know, I don't need to take good care of it. I don't really need to. No, we do. Because His principles are proven true. Now, let's just say, as a parent, one of your kids comes over and says, Oh, Mom, Dad, I need a car. Can I borrow your car? You have an extra one. Oh, yeah, sure, you can borrow it, but take good care of it. Absolutely. A month goes by, you come back and you look at your car and it's dented, windows are broken, they didn't change oil, it's, you know, it's, the, the tires are bald, and you're, there's dents all over the thing. I mean, how, what would you respond with? Would you say, hey, way to go, son? That's how you take care of a car. That's how you take care of a vehicle. I don't think we'll do that. We'd, well, one, I'm sure we'd get upset. But will not most of us take it back? Some of us might see it in such bad shape and say, you know, you can have it. It's not even worth taking back. I'm just going to buy another one if you can. And if you can buy cars just like that, please let me know. I will be your friend. <laughs> but I think we, we, we tend to think that in God's ways that we can treat Him that way and, and He'll keep blessing us. It's not His principles. See, God is the best father of them all. He knows how to parent well. He's the perfect father. We are the imperfect children. And so we got to learn, how, do we, how can we be faithful with our possessions? How can we do that? We want to we be wise stewards. And be faithful with what God has given to us. Otherwise, the Bible says he'll remove it. Listen to what Jesus says about being faithful with our possessions. In Mark 4, 24 and 25, Jesus says to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. It can almost seem like it's unfair, but no, it's, it's only unfair on our part that we're not taking care of what God has given to us. That we're not fair to God. That He says, I'm going to bless you with this, and, and we're not being wise stewards over it. He says, well, it's either going to be destroyed, or it's going to deteriorate, or it's going to be taken away. Your choice. It's up to you. 
Now, it may not be taken away for a while, or it may not be destroyed for a while. But there will come a time where it will be gone. Jesus answered this one man who cried out from the crowd in Luke 12, 13 through 15. And the man says, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide, the father, uh, divide our father's estate with me. And Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? And then he said this, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. You know what is weird? Like in this world, we think it is. We think the more we have, the better off we are. But the more we have, the more we have to take care of what we have. Now, what Jesus is not saying is, you can't have many possessions. He's saying, that shouldn't be the measurement of your life. We serve an extraordinary God. That's the measurement of our life. Not how many things we have. And Jesus is saying, just be careful of greed. Be careful of your possessions. Be faithful with what you already have. See, when we're faithful with what we already have, then it's like God is saying, okay, you're not distracted from me. You're you're not looking to possessions to satisfy your heart's desires. I'm doing that. So you know what? I can bless you more because it's not going to take away your relationship with me. God has no problem blessing us. He really doesn't. He just wants to see if we're going to be in a relationship with Him without the stuff. And if we can be in a relationship with Him without the stuff, He says, "Eh, I have no problem then. I have no problem blessing you. But He says, you must be faithful with your possessions. No matter how much money we have, how big our home is, what kind of car we drive, Jesus makes it crystal clear. That's not the way to measure your life. In other words, possessions will never prolong your life. We've seen multi-billionaires pass away trying to prolong their life. We've seen people who may not be rich try to prolong their life. Why do we do that? You know why? Because we have a longing for an eternal God. That's why it's there. God put that there so that we seek Him but it's so that we become more like Him. As He says in Luke 6.38, Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. See, He's saying, if you're faithful with your possessions, and you're, you're... you're committed to who I'm making you to be, and if you're faithful with that, and, and, and you're doing what I've called you to do, I can add... I can continue to add to your life because it's, it's, it's not going to take you away from who you are in me. For the same standard you measure, it will be measured to you. The same standard of love that I give, it will be given back to me. So give love. Give encouragement. Give grace. Give joy. He's saying with that measure, that's what I'm going to use to measure back to you. You see, we... We want to be faithful in the little things. Not just so that we can be faithful in much more. And that's great. It's a godly principle and that's, that's just the way it is. But there must be a bigger picture than just being faithful with having things. 
or doing things or being someone who is in a position or, or things like that. There must be more than that. In fact, Jesus was giving a parable, a story, and he was talking about some stewards, some servants who were given responsibilities. And they did well, except one. But the ones that did well, here's what he responds in Matthew twenty-five, twenty-three. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. And here's what we're looking forward to. He says, Now enter into the joy of your Lord. Listen, being faithful in little has more to do with God than it has to do with us. But I tell you, when we're faithful in the little, and then when He says, now I can make you faithful in much, that is when we begin to understand simple acts that reap extraordinary results. Amen? That's God for us. Could you applaud the Lord for that one? He's so good. You can close your Bibles and put away your notes. And let me just finish the story of this nine-year-old girl. And that was about three years ago that she did this, that she had that vision to go to Haiti and, and build 12 homes. Well, after that, after that meeting, instead of her just continuing on with wishful thinking, she got some tin cans, little tin cans, and she started to pass them out at their homecoming games when they school, their school would have homecoming games. And all she did was ask people for their spare change, giving them the vision of one day building 12 homes for these people in Haiti. She ran bake sales and then so she sold homemade potholders at her school. She did her very best to be faithful in those few things. And then through her Facebook and, and through word of mouth, a cherry farm in Washington heard about her vision. And so for one harvest season, they donated the proceeds to her. Another generous donation came from a family that regularly supported the overseas work of food for the poor in Haiti. Three years later, her tin-rattling pledge exploits have raised an incredible $250,000. And catch this, she was able to build 27 homes in Haiti. 27 homes. She more than doubled what the vision was. And I thought, no, no, she didn't. God did. Because he's an extraordinary God. And she says this in her interview. You know, life is life. You can't expect to change Haiti overnight with the snap of the fingers. You have to work at it. You have to make it happen. In other words, her principle with those little tin cans, the little bake sales, was be faithful in the little things. Because when you're faithful in the little, and you connect to an extraordinary, extraordinary God there are going to be extraordinary results in your family, in your marriage, at your workplace, in our community, 
in our state, in the entire world. God is that good. He is so good to us. His simple act of sending Jesus to us. Extraordinary results of eternity. Would you pray with me? Lord, we're so grateful that we have a, a, a picture of being faithful. And it's not just so that we can have things, but so that, that we'll be drawn closer to you. Lord, for those of us who, who have been called by you and, and serve in your kingdom, and we, we serve you day in and day out, Lord, we want to be people who represent you well, who are faithful in the little. Even earlier, as Pastor Lynn was praying over our offering, Lord, I am so grateful for those who have been faithful with giving to you because more people are coming to know you as Lord and Savior. And Lord, we've been faithful because we've caught the heart and vision about giving to you. I pray for those that are, are, they're still praying through being faithful, even in the area of giving, in the area of serving, but that we would be faithful with the little that you've given to us and give back to you. And maybe that simple act in the hands of an extraordinary God would show the rest of the world extraordinary results. I pray for all of us this week as we enter into our Thanksgiving and Christmas season that that we would shine your light and be people who let others know what an extraordinary God we serve. For you are faithful and continue to be faithful even in the little things of our lives. And so we thank you and we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Amen.